Okay, so I'm gonna talk about post-transcriptional regulation. I'm gonna save you time though. 90% of this module is just mRNA processing, which you know. Um, but there is some new information at the end if you wanna skip all this stuff that I'm about to talk about. Um, I talk about RNA editing at the end of this, which is new. So if you wanna stick around, great. Um, but I'm, I'm gonna fly through this. So um, this is basically regulation after mRNA is formed. You can tell from the title, post-transcriptional regulation. Uh, I mean, remember that uh, DNA to RNA is known as transcription and then RNA to mRNA is processing. Again, it, it's not, I don't wanna imply that DNA is converted into RNA during transcription, but rather it's used as a template for it. Um, and so, and processing, mRNA processing is the process, no pun intended, the process of uh, uh, converting pre-mRNA to mature mRNA, which you already know. Um, I wanna quickly talk about the, the different enzymes, or really just the polymerase enzyme. I know we talk about it a lot and there's a lot of new terminology that you're probably learning from this podcast. Um, and so in, in these situations, it becomes difficult to distinguish between which polymerase am I dealing with uh, in the various process, uh, processes. Um, and the way I deal with that uh, is just reminding yourself, what am I making? Right? What am I producing through this, pro through this process? For example, DNA replication. You take a strand of DNA and from that DNA strand, you make another DNA strand, right? You replicate DNA. As, you know, since you are making DNA, the enzyme is DNA polymerase, right? Take the example of transcription, right? You are taking DNA, a strand of DNA, and using it as a template to make RNA. As such, the enzyme is RNA polymerase. So I just wanna throw that in there um, because I know it gets kind of confusing, especially when we talked about DNA repair, we talked about RNA polymerase a lot. Um, now, the actual process of uh, mRNA processing, uh, it occurs in eukaryotes only. We've talked about it. Eukaryotes are bigger and higher security systems and can't afford as many errors as prokaryotes can. Uh, and so we have to process these mRNA strands to make sure there's no, uh, to minimize the number of introns in the strand. Um, and so uh, we know that processing is the splicing out of non-coding sequences or introns, uh, but processing also stabilizes the mRNA strand to protect it from degradation through the addition of a five prime cap and a poly uh, A tail. Uh, and you already know that, you can listen to my other episode for that. Um, and we know that the spliceosome is what does the splicing. In other words, the spliceosome binds to both sides of the intron and it loops the intron into a circle and cleaves it off. And it loops that into a circle, number one, because you know it's easier to cut, right? If you're cutting something you know, and, and you have to cut in two spots, it's really easy when those spots are really close to each other. When you loop it into a circle, both cutting points are very close to each other, spliceosome can easily uh, splice out the intron. Number two, and the main reason, is when you loop it into a circle and after you cut out the introns, um, your exons that are recently you know, cleaved, separated from the introns, your exon ends are very close to each other and they can be easily reattached via ligase, the enzyme ligase. Um, and a ligase. Um, and just a quick, uh, the, the Khan Academy shared a mnemonic for um, exons and introns. If you're having trouble remembering which, which one is the non-coding sequence, remember that exons start with an E. Exons exit the nucleus. In other words, they continue to translation at, at the ribosome, whereas introns stay in the nucleus, nucleus and so they don't, they, they don't leave. Uh, so exons exit, introns stay in. Uh, remember that the five prime cap is just a methylated guanine. Uh, and I remember that the five prime end of these DNA strands is the phosphate end. So think five prime, the F sound for phosphate, whatever helps you. But I just thought somewhere in these episodes, I want to introduce that. <clears throat> um, so, so I don't, this module does make mention of the capping and tailing and I'm going to run through it. So, um, 
when you want to protect this mRNA strand from degradation, you give it a five prime cap. Um, so the five prime linkage converts the five prime end to the three prime end to protect it from exonucleases. So in other words, you don't just add on, you know, you don't just stick on this methylated guanine cap, but you actually convert the end to a three prime end. Okay, so this protects it from exonuclease, um, and uh, it also uh, promotes ribosome binding. And when I say that the end is converted to a three prime end, I don't mean they like turn the molecule around. But I want you to picture your five prime end, right? Now you add a whole strand to it, right? And now the end of that strand strand has a three prime end. This is what I'm talking about. So this is five prime five prime linkage, which converts the five prime end to the three prime end. So it protects it from exonucleases that might want to uh, degrade it or react with it, and it also promotes ribosome binding, right? Um, and we've we've studied this really. Recall the structure of the eukaryotic mRNA, the binding site, the ribosomal binding site at the five prime cap versus the prokaryotic mRNA use of the Shine Delgarno sequence as a binding site. Um, so that that is the five prime cap. In addition to preventing degradation, it's also a great binding site for the ribosome. Um, it also uh, regulates nuclear export of mRNA. It's it's kind of like the the front of the strand. Um, so it. it um, helps nuclear or it regulates nuclear export of mRNA outside out of the nucleus. The poly A tail is a tail of multi, multiple adenine monophosphates or adenine nucleotides, really just think of them as that because they are just adenine nucleotides. Um, and protection increases half-life by decreasing the probability of degradation, which we already talked about. It also helps with transcription termination. So, you know, um, you already know about, you know, mRNA processing. I've already talked about that. But if there is one thing you take from this specific module is that the five prime end, the five prime cap and the poly A tail, in addition to providing protection for the strand, they also are very important in translation, right? Because the five prime cap allows uh, the ribosome to bind and the poly A tail tells transcription to stop, right? It, it assists with uh, termination of transcription, okay? Um, Poly, um, polyadenylation is the addition of the polyadenine tail. So it, that it's a process, polyadenylation. Uh, and this is catalyzed by polyadenylate polymerase. Polyadenylation uh, is the addition of the tail and it's catalyzed by polyadenylate polymerase. So polyadenylate polymerase adds the tail and the, pro and the process of it adding the tail is called polyadenylation. Um, so the last type of uh, RNA regulation after processing and splicing and all that stuff um, is RNA editing. And this is, you know, the new stuff that we've never talked about. And it's actually very simple. Um, it results in sequence variation in the RNA molecule. Um, and note that editing is very rare. But basically, if you're asking like, okay, what is editing though? It includes the insertion, deletion, or base substitution within an edited, edited RNA molecule. Edited RNA molecule. So in other words, you know, up until now, we've kind of talked about you know how the polymerase enzymes are very very good at what they do they they you know they commit very few errors and even when they do commit errors we have a very strong physiological response to errors in our dna right we have endo and exonucleases or exonuclease activity we have the mismatch repair mechanism we have nucleotide excision repair we have you know uh, detection of mutations we have a bunch of different things um but in addition to that we have another thing called rna editing where the body is literally able to edit rna where so so literally add add a nucleotide if it wants to or you know take one out if it wants to um, or uh, you know base substitution so switch one out switch one nucleotide for another one uh, and the two examples of those that I'm going to talk about are ADAR and CDAR okay ADAR is and both of these that I just mentioned are enzymes okay so ADAR enzymes are adenosine deaminase acting on RNA enzymes 
okay? Adenosine deaminase acting on RNA. ADAR enzymes convert specific adenosines to enosines via hydrolytic deamination. Um, so the introduction of water to separate the molecules, you don't really need to get into it. Um, just remember that ADAR, you, you know, all, you know, um, specific adenosines, you convert them to enosines. So see how you're changing the strand without you're without, you know, like splicing out the adenosine and putting in an enosine. In other words, in, instead of that, you just use this ADAR enzyme to literally switch it. You kind of doctor up the adenosine and make it an enosine without any detachment or anything. I mean, of course there is some detachment, but just visualize it as just a simple edit. Um, the second one is CDAR, cytosine deaminase acting on RNA. And you can kind of guess what this one does. This enzyme edits cytosine to uridine. Okay, so the cytosine nucleotide is converted uh, to uridine by cytidine deaminase. Okay, so this is cytosine deaminase acting on RNA. And so these two types of enzymes um, are the last form of uh, regulation in the form of RNA editing, which again is very different from splicing or processing uh, and other stuff we've covered before.